The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood, from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist, also known as ANS. We're located at 310 Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey. Our main number to reach the main office is 973-285-7800. Some new information from ANS. I wanted to everyone to uh, take a look at the new website. As you know, it's been up for a couple months, but there's some really great things on it, so all my listeners go visit that at ansdocs.com. Again, that's ansdocs.com, and you can take a look at all the new patient portals that we have, uh, which enables you to basically uh, take control of your health and see your medical records. You can message us. You can do online appointment requests. So, so there's some really, really good things going on with the new website. Also, some new doctor's videos, some recent videos that I had done on all the doctors, so you can kind of get a look at who they actually are. Not really about what they do. It's really videos on who they are. So take a look at those. Also, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to find out what's going on at ANS. Um, Again, thank you all for listening. Um, I'd like to introduce my uh, guest today. Uh, It's Dr. Liz. Dr. Liz has been on the show many, many times. Um, It's been a while, so we had to catch up and uh, get some new topics for you because there's so many different things that Dr. Liz is a specialist in. Again, she's a clinical psychologist. The name of her, uh, I must say company, but her service is Psychological and Educational Consulting. She's, um, to reach her or look at her website, it's www psychedconsult.com. Again, that's psychedconsult.com. Or you can email her at drliz at psychedconsult.com. Again, her phone number is 973-400-8371. And I'll give that information again at the end of the show. So good morning to you again, Dr. Liz. Good morning. I'm so happy to be back. So happy to have you back on the show. You've helped us so much in the past. We probably did uh, probably four or five shows um, over the two years that I've been doing this. So welcome back. Thank um, you. Again, uh, there's so many different things going on with our children and adolescents that it's uh, only a half-hour show. So we'll start talking about our topic today, but I know as we discuss, it's probably an hour or two-hour show, so we might break it down into segments. But for the listeners, we're going to go over as much as we can today. Today's topic is anxiety in children and adolescents, um, which is something that uh, adults suffer, uh, even me. Um, but I notice in kids nowadays, with I think with all the pressures and and stress going on, it's just a lot harder to be a kid nowadays. Um, and I even notice in my own children that they've had this anxiety um, throughout the years, especially my daughter. So let's get uh, started on this anxiety in children and adolescents. And what are signs of anxiety in children? Well, to start, children and adolescents might not always demonstrate or express their anxiety in the way that adults do. So if you're looking to see someone who's wringing their hand or pacing, you're not going to see that as much with children or adolescents. What you do see is a really high level of agitation. You see a child who just 
is uncomfortable being. And what happens is parents see this as being like, as almost like a new sign of negative behaviors that are coming up. And so they go in into punishment mode or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to conquer this behavior. And what happens over time is you do this again and again and again, consequences, punishments, taking things away and the anxiety doesn't go, go away. The behavior, the negative behavior doesn't go away. And I, and I really speak about this from a very personal level. Um, this past September, my daughter started kindergarten and she, her anxiety flew through the roof. And even as her, as a psychologist, right. she's my own daughter. I just didn't see it. I thought she was being difficult. And so when I speak about this, I've, I live this. Um, so my daughter just, there was so much agitation. There was, she was restless and fidgety. She couldn't focus on anything. She kept telling me her stomach hurt at night and in the morning and she didn't want to go to school. She just didn't want to participate in anything that she used to participate in. She loved gymnastics. She didn't want to do that anymore. She didn't want to go out and play. She didn't want to have play dates. And I've always seen her as being my real feisty one who was very hardy. And she came with me to school for her older brother all the time. I thought school was going to be a breeze for her. Right. And she just, her anxiety peaked. And I was seeing these meltdowns, severe meltdowns that lasted a long time. And I thought, I just need to be stricter with you. Right. And it took me a while to realize, holy cannoli, she's anxious. Okay. And I should have known better. <laughs> right. Does it come out in anger too? Yes. Because as you're speaking, uh, we talked a little bit about my son. It's, I'm thinking, I wonder if that's it. He's an adolescent. Um, um, and I'm wondering, because I notice there's a lot of explosive anger and frustration and, and just, he gets frustrated so easily. And I'm mm -hmm. just thinking it's because he's an adolescent boy, but it maybe is playing into the anxiety, not to cut right. you off, but no. as you're talking, my mind is racing. Like, oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. And it's the same thing because I'm getting angry and disciplining yes. and, and, and I, you don't, not talking anymore. Right. And, right. Um, and you, you don't want to be around your child, right. which as a parent, a lot of p parents feel this way, but nobody wants to admit it. And it's the ugly part of parenting. Right. I really feel like when you have a child who, like you said, I think you termed it beautifully, explosive anger, it's intense. Yeah. And you're like, so... I gave you a waffle instead of a pancake, and now you know it's flipped over. You're screaming and knocking everything off the counters, and for a, a waffle versus a like it just it's not equivalent. Exactly, <laughs> you shouldn't have that kind of reaction. Right. And so I thought, you know, she's turning into a brat. Right. But she wasn't turning into a brat. She was really very anxious about this transition into kindergarten and having these demands and being asked to perform and comparing herself to her peers. So, and, and I speak to this at a kindergarten level, but this is applicable to kids in, at all ages. Right. And it doesn't have to be with a major transition. It could be just starting a new school year or going back into the school year after a holiday break right. in January. It could be starting a new sport. It could be a change such as a parent is now traveling more and is not available in the home or mom has started to go back to work or is working more, whatever it is, I, I, it doesn't have to be this monumental event for a child. And another thing that I can say now that I've been in private practice a couple of years is springtime is when the number of referrals for anxiety go through the roof for me in my office, and it's very comorbid with allergies. Huh. Um, and I think what happens is, first of all, your body is responding to the allergens, you're feeling fatigued, you're not sleeping as well. And I think it's just a big cycle. Like I don't, I can't say that this is empirically validated. Right, right, this is right. just my observation. Um, 
that children come in and they're so anxious. And once the allergies are monitored, you know, they're controlled with medication and children are sleeping better, then the anxiety doesn't feel so intense and coming out of the clear blue sky. Now we're just dealing with anxiety, which right. can also be intense, but there's just a double of, of the intensity right. overall. And what I notice as you're speaking, when the child is anxious, it 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 basically goes through the entire family, at least in Absolutely. my case. You know, it agitates my my other kids. My wife tries to be the best mom in the world and tries to just, you know, uh, placate it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the father, disciplinarian. I try to take control of it and discipline it and stop the behavior. Um, so listening to you, it is. But I get anxious. So now yeah. what I do is I kind of shut my mouth because, like you said, I don't want to not like being around your kid. Right. But sometimes that's what it turns out to be. It's like I don't want to deal with this anymore. So it is a big issue, and that's why I'm glad we're talking about it. What are the, uh, some of the other diagnoses that can be mistaken, though, for um, for anxiety? It's very, very easy to mistake anxiety for ADHD or a learning disability. And when I say that, I mean a child who is preoccupied with their thoughts and is really spending a lot of time in their thoughts is missing information. Um, if you have a child who's thinking, you know, I don't want to say anything wrong in class. I don't want the teacher to think I'm an idiot or I don't want to embarrass myself in front of my peers or am I wearing the right clothes? Is anyone going to make fun of my necklace or my sneakers today? And they're preoccupied with their thoughts. They've missed a good part of the lesson. So now the teacher goes, okay, Andrew, so what's the answer here? And they look like they didn't pay attention. Okay, you need to focus better. And it's not ADHD. It's very easy to mistake that. And I know I've had many parents come to me and say, does my child have ADHD? Can you test them? And I've done the complete evaluation and I come back and say, I, this is you know, <laughs> funny to say, but I'm sorry to tell you, your child does not have ADHD, it's anxiety. Right. Um, and then the treatment is therapy to help reduce the anxiety so they can function better. All right, so the treatment for the anxiety initially is a therapy kind of thing. And, and the most efficacious form of treatment is cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's uh, exploring your, your thoughts and your feelings as they relate to behaviors. So we're nervous and so we behave in certain ways. So if we can go back and understand what these thoughts are and break it down, then that'll change our emotions, which will then change our behaviors. So more like you're looking for triggers, as I was always uh, mm -hmm. taught through my therapy days, mm -hmm. uh, because I am, I do suffer from anxiety, and, and as a young adult, severe, uh, paralyzing, actually, um, you know, it actually in two ways helped me and it didn't. The anxiety paralyzed me and I, I, I missed out on a lot of opportunities, but going for therapy and, and learning how to cope with these triggers and dialing them back and seeing what it was and pushing through those, it also made me become extremely successful mm -hmm. and, and, and assertive and jumping at all these extra things. So it has a, like a twofold kind of thing. But, you know, as you're talking, um, you know, like I said, I always relate it to my own, my own life. Uh, when you're here with my kids. And the anxiety thing is something in my head because I do notice that. Um, he was evaluated for ADHD, ADD. They came back with mild ADD. But what is what do you see when you're evaluating that would say this isn't ADD, this is anxiety? Just questions you ask them? Well, I when I work with a child and I perform the evaluations, um, I work with them from 9 to 3. So I'm getting to see them over the course of an entire day. Oh, you take the whole day? I take them. the whole day. And I feel like that is such a valuable period of time because I can see attention de deteriorate if there's ADD or ADHD. But if it's anxiety, I see the hesitation. I see like the nervousness. 
I, I feel the tension and I see, I hear the statements, I can't do this. This is too hard. I can never do this. I can't write. I can't do math. But I also see them sitting and trying. Right. So if you have a child who's truly has ADHD, is hyperactive, impulsive, or inattentive, I'm going to lose their attention. And I'm going to see that over the course from nine to three. Right. So when it's anxiety, I see more of the hesitation, the avoidance, maybe even crying, asking for a break, refusing. I've had kids sit down and shut down entirely and say, I'm not doing this. Wow. That's crazy. So that's how I can begin to differentiate what's ADHD and what's anxiety. Right, right, right. Uh, My mind's racing. I have so many questions for you. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Dr. Liz. There's a unique place in New Jersey that more and more people are discovering. A pioneer in healthcare leading the way with programs like their nationally recognized spine center, skull-based surgery center, and their brain tumor center. That place is Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, ANS. Improving lives with exceptional neurosurgical services, medical firsts, and one-of-a-kind programs. ANS, home to New Jersey's largest group of world-renowned fellowship-trained neurosurgeons offering advanced treatment options. ANS a leader in stroke care with a success rate greater than the national average. Among the first in the country to use stent trievers, allowing surgeons to immediately restore blood flow to the brain. ANS, the leaders in spine care, using the latest minimally invasive techniques for spine surgery that actually reduce recovery time from weeks to days. ANS, restoring hope and helping patients regain their lifestyles. And it's all happening right here in New Jersey. For more information, go to ansdocs.com or call 9 9- 73-285-7800. Welcome back to Answers Live. I'm your host, Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. I have Dr. Liz here again, and we're talking about children and adolescents and anxiety. Um, Dr. Liz, we left off um, discussing some intense topics on, on anxiety um, and how you evaluate them and that they spend a long time with you, like almost a day, so you can evaluate them. Um, but as I'm sitting here, I'm questioning you about my son and you know, thinking back, my mom had such severe anxiety. I have anxiety. My oldest brother has anxiety. My daughter has it. Is this genetic? There is definitely a very strong genetic predisposition. And if there is a history of anxiety in your family, don't underestimate the potential of your ch- child having anxiety and don't underestimate the, the, the efficacy of medication. I'm not a huge proponent of medication. It's very much a personal choice for parents and their children. I like to try to to find other alternatives, maybe supplements and um, physical exercise and things of that nature before I delve into medication. But for some children, the anxiety is so high because, again, there's a neurochemical imbalance, and, and you right. understand that better than anyone. Right. But when there's a true neurochemical imbalance, the only way to correct it is through a medication. Right. And it doesn't that. have to be a high dosage, and it's not forever. Um, but, it, you know, I liken it to a diabetic. You right. know, if a diabetic's pancreas is not creating insulin, that person can run around in circles forever, but th- there's no right. insulin. But so I'm, you need help. I'm like you. I don't believe in medication for certain things, but I also believe you need it. Sometimes high blood pressure, you, you know, has a lot of bad side effects, but high right. blood pressure medication, um, a lot. Um, but if you don't take it, you eventually can die. <laughs> so you have to take it. So I understand that and relate to it. And I've it, noticed with me maturing and becoming an adult, um, I can manage it on my own. But when I was young, I couldn't. I needed you know therapy and I needed some type of supplements. I went on medication, but for me it didn't. For me it wasn't it. But the supplements did help a lot. 
Um, so that's something very interesting. Um, of course, we only have half-hour segments, so I'm going to continue on with uh, questioning you on this <laughs> and let the listeners know that we're going to do a few more segments with Dr. Liz on this because it is such an intense topic. I'm probably only going to get through a quarter of the questions I had for her today. So, um, you know, through the summer, you'll we'll be uh, uh, rec- um, having these uh, shows to explain them uh, more about the anxiety to you. My next question for you is, uh, what are the different types of anxiety disorders? Um, can we, like, go through a few of them? I can definitely t- There's, if according to the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, 5th edition, there's a whole slew of diagnoses. I can touch upon them, and if there's yeah, anything the that really um, <laughs> piques your interest, we can talk about it more. Um, the one that I diagnose most frequently is generalized anxiety disorder. So that's having a lot of anxiety about a lot of different things in life as opposed to having a specific anxiety about a specific situation. Um, There's OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder. So now again, I'll stop you. OCD, which Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of people have, that's actually an anxiety disorder. That's an anxiety-based disorder. Okay. So a person feels very much out of control And so they can um, engage in certain thoughts and certain patterns of thoughts, the obsessions, or the rituals, the physical act of doing something in an effort to control the anxiety. And a lot of the thoughts, the thought behind having the obsessions and the compulsions and going through them is to decrease the anxiety and prevent certain things from happening. So there are certain themes around obsessive compulsive disorder, whether it's a germophobia, whether it's uh, trying to stay safe for yourself or for other people, um, trying perfection, driving for perfection. That's a really big one. I have that, I think. (laughs) I'm sitting here, I'm like, wow, I got a lot of this stuff. (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you, in graduate school, as I was learning all this, I was like, I've got that, I've got that, I've got that. Just sign me up. And one thing I want to, like I said to the listeners is, this isn't something you need to be ashamed of or feel bad about because, you know, in the beginning, I used to try to hide my anxiety because it is embarrassing. Um, and relating it to my kids and, and even my daughter, she used to get embarrassed. Like we would go into a crowded room and she would get a panic attack. Um, actually, recently, I mean, she's a, you know, she's 19. We went to Las Vegas. How exciting was that? And uh, walking down the streets with the crowds, she was like miserable. And I even said, what's going on? She goes, there's just so many people, there's so many noise. She didn't enjoy herself. So it does take that piece of um, enjoyment out of a lot of things. That's Mm -hmm. why it's so important to get the message out. But I notice now as, you know, it's not too much long, but as she ages and matures and learns the skills like I did, then I actually help her. I'm totally not a psychologist, but I've had enough help. I kind of let her know what to do and how to look at things. And it's really looking at things differently that really helps. Changing your perspective, changing how you interpret a situation. You can look at the crowd of people and think, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. I don't know where these people are going and there's a lot of noise. Or the other perspective is this is really exciting. Right. Look at all these people. There's so much to do. Exactly so what I, how I said. Look at look at it differently. And also, when I had therapy years ago, and even when she did, they always say put it on a scale. Right. They Zero call it a ca- catastrophic scale. Now, what's the worst thing in the world, and what's the easiest? And I do that mm-hmm. every day, basically, mm-hmm. to certain things. And and they're right. Most things are not that bad. Um, I read that book, uh, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, because most things in the end are small. Um, that actually helped me because um, I think of that every day when I'm having major anxiety over something that's really, to, when I look at it, kind of stupid that I'm worried about it, but I worry about it. 
mm-hmm. um, to the point of sometimes obsession. Like it's all I think about. Um, but again, in my my sense, it helps me to be successful. But also, I always imagine if I didn't have it, where would I be? Probably even better. But that's another topic. Um, let's continue through some of the anxiety disorders, or do you want to touch on something real important for this specific uh, segment of the show? Well, just to keep everyone aware of the different types, yeah. um, and then you can look them up, and in the and there's a diagnostic and statistical manual online too, if okay. you want to look through the criteria. Although it's kind of dense, but there's also separation anxiety disorder, which is another big one that I work with. Um, a separation anxiety disorder and school refusal. Children refusing to go to school because they're afraid to leave their home and their parents. Um, Social anxiety disorder, not wanting to be with other people and having to perform. Um, There's Tourette's disorder as well. So So, Tourette's, again, I'm just interrupting with certain things, is anxiety disorder. It's an anxiety-based disorder. I've, I've watched videos of that. I've met a few people and I would never link that to anxiety, but it is. So, yes, because what the person is doing is internalizing all of their anxiety. So you have some people who can manage it by avoiding or by just, it's like it go, the anxiety goes outward or it goes inward. With tics, it goes inward. Wow. And then the anxiety is manifested through vocal or motor tics. And for some people, then they try to control it <clears throat> in public settings and they Makes can- more anxious. Which is hard, right? They manage to keep the tics at a low level, but then they have to go and release. And one thing I tell a lot of parents, and I've also um, spoken to several staff members in different schools this year, um, and making sure to get the point across, if you see a child engaging in tics, don't tell them to stop because you're drawing attention to it, increasing the anxiety, and now they're going to want to tick even more. So you act as if they are not ticking. Right. And you just let the child go through the ticks. Do not draw any attention to it with the hopes that as the source of the anxiety is being addressed, the anxiety will come down and the ticks will decrease. But draw no attention to it. And so I've said to teachers, even if you need to have this one student go out and you talk to the rest of the class, you tell them everyone is different. You know, some people feel nervous and sometimes when people feel nervous, they do certain things, you know, because sometimes there's a lot of like shoulder shrugging and opening your eyes, blinking, even um, clearing your throat excessively is a tick. So, you know, you see children nodding their heads, almost like they're agreeing with you, but they do it in certain numbers, threes, fours, twos, fives, but it's in certain numbers. It's funny as you're saying this, I watched that uh, Ninja Warrior on TV. It's um, basically it's an athletic thing. They go through these courses, and it's a big thing. I don't know if it's a guy thing, but a lot of girls do it too. But it's on TV right now, and it's big. Um, and it's you know they do these crazy obstacle courses. And the reason I'm bringing it up is there was a, a girl that had Tourette's, and they do like a segment. It's probably reality TV, uh, but they do a segment on her, and it showed her in her daily life with Tourette's, and she has pretty severe tics. Um, but what it is is they're coming three. She even said it on the on the little s- snippet that I do ticks in threes. And when she was getting up to start the run of this marathon obstacle course, you, you, she was ticking, and it was it was in threes. And she started, and it was she, she didn't make it through, but it, most people don't. But she went through half the obstacle course, no ticks, no nothing, perfect. Then she was done. The tick started again in threes, mm-hmm. and I was like, how does that happen? She knew it was in threes. She said she had to do it in threes. 
it was just amazingly interesting to me how the body copes and, and deals with it. But the more and more things come out, people have to, like I said, understand it through these shows mm-hmm. um, that these are disorders that can be helped. <clears throat> yes, and and it does feel uncontrollable to the person who's going through them. Like you can't will yourself to not tick. It has to. It has to happen. So you you can't say to someone, just don't blink your eyes or don't clear your right. throat. Don't don't do that. Right. Stop. I'm going to stop you from doing it, and I'm going to point it out every time so you can stop. That's actually the exact opposite. Right. Um, just real quick, again, my thought before we end the show. How about stuttering? Is that an anxiety? That's an anxiety-based disorder. Okay. It's um, it, it falls under the classification of speech-related disorders. Right. Um, but it's, there's a very strong anxiety component to stuttering. Um, I think there's also a neurological component, okay. but anxiety plays a big role. Right. Um, we're coming to the end of this segment of the show. We have so many more questions for you, so I probably see two or three more shows. Plus, as you're speaking on all these separate anxieties, we could probably do six months of just you <laughs> and, and all different anxieties, which is which is very, very helpful. Your shows are, are very well listened to. Um, uh, everyone, I just want to remind you that all these shows go on to AnswersLiveNJ.com. Again, that's AnswersLiveNJ.com. Uh, all the shows I've done are there. And Dr. Liz, of course, um, if you're a, a listener all the time, thank you for being a supporter of the show. There's probably five or six there already on many different topics. So we'll be... Um, uh, after this show, we'll put this onto the website, uh, and you could listen to it over and over again, and then the consecutive shows will uh, also be listed. Dr. Liz, in closing for the end of this show, like I said, we, we touched on a lot, but really not even the surface of, of anxiety disorders in children, which I do want to bring you back a few times if you would definitely uh, come back. Of course. Well, what is the takeaway message um, for the listeners with the anxiety disorder in children adolescents for this segment? It, first of all, recognizing what it is is a huge battle right there. Then as a parent, it's very important to make sure that you're getting the support you need for yourself because it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting dealing with a child daily who is anxious because right. they, I, speaking again from my own experience, my daughter uses me to ground her. Right. And that's what a lot of children will do. They'll use their parents to ground them. So she pulls it together all day at school, but then she comes home and she's, you know, she just disintegrates. Right. And so it's exhausting for parents overall. Is but, there a quick fix, as I'm sitting here listening to you, for a parent to know how to um, talk to that child? And Like with my son when he's at a, is there something I should say to him? Should I say, I know you're anxious, even though I don't really know if that's it. Is there something you should say or, or just remain quiet? I think it's important not to match your child's affect, okay. which is very easy to do. When right. you see your child escalating, it's very easy as parents to escalate with them. And I think what you want to do is you want to be the opposite. You want to, don't mirror, but be the opposite of that. Take it down. So they're escalating. So you stay calm, speak in a low volume and really just because again, they're going to use you to ground them. So if you're escalating with them, that's going to increase their anxiety. Yeah. I start grounded, but then I get out of hand. So. It's hard. It's very, <laughs> again, from personal experience, I it's very easy to become unraveled as a parent. And I would like to spend um, maybe one segment talking about helping parents cope because it is, it's, it's a struggle and okay. it's very easy to burn out and to feel like I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I I don't want to be a parent anymore. Okay. Well, I got you now. You're going to come back and do that show. (laughs) Again, that's Dr. Liz. Uh, To reach her, it's 973-400-8800. 
8371. Again, it's 973-400-8371. You can always call me or the station for more information on Dr. Liz. Again, I'm Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, known as ANS, 973-285-7800. Visit Answers Live NJ for uh, reruns of every show that I do. I want to thank you all again for listening, and I'll speak to you all next Sunday. Have a wonderful day. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions.